0: The scripture this morning comes from Matthew, chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. Hear now the word of the gospel. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering, where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See? Here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents, For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This Sunday is the second of three sermons that we're preaching from the 25th chapter of Matthew. And what we find in this chapter of Matthew are stories told by Jesus about the kingdom of heaven at the very end of, t- of time. If you'll remember last week, he started the story at the beginning of Matthew by saying, in those days, the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Now, the first story was about bridesmaids bridesmaids who were waiting for the bridegroom. Some were prepared to wait for an indefinite period of time. Some were not. When the bridegroom came, the ones who were prepared went into the wedding feast with him. The ones who were not prepared got locked out of the wedding feast. This story has a very similar message. In this story, a master comes and tells his servants that he is going away on a very long journey. He has no idea when he will be back, but someone has to keep the family business going. So he entrusts his servants with pieces of the business. One servant gets five talents, one servant gets two, one servant gets one talent. When the master returns, the servant that was given five, he's turned his five into five more. And the master says, well done. The servant who had been given two has turned his two into more. And the master says, Well done. And the servant who was given one has responded fearfully, afraid of taking a risk, afraid of trying something. So he goes out and he does the very safest thing he can do. He buries the coin in the ground, he buries the talent in the ground, so that when the master comes back, he says, Master, I know that you can be a harsh master. I was afraid. Here is, the, here is the talent that you gave me. And the master was angry because the servant didn't even try to do anything with what he was given. And the servant was put into the darkness where there was weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. If you will remember, we talked before about a talent being a weight of measure, a way to measure precious metals, and a talent of gold was approximately 75 pounds of gold, a lifetime's worth of income. These servants are called to do with this income what they can to keep the master's business going. Now, one little piece of religious history before we get into the, the things we can learn from this story. Talent in Jesus' day meant a measure of a precious metal. Jesus used it to talk about huge sums of money. He used it in this case to talk about responsibility. The, the word talent nowadays means gifts and graces, the, the skills and abilities that we are given to do the work that God is calling us to do. And this story in Scripture is the reason that word changed definition. This story in Scripture is the reason that the word moved from being a measurement involving huge sums of money to being the gifts and graces that we have that we can use for God. Now, there are things we can learn from this. The first thing that I think we can learn from this is that God believes in us. God believes in us enough to trust the family business of salvation to us. Now, I have one of those old preacher stories. I've told you before how much I love collecting these old preacher stories. Hear now this story about an event that happened in heaven on the day Jesus was born. Jesus is born on earth to Mary and Joseph, and the angels in heaven are celebrating, except that there are a couple of angels who are a little bothered. all of this and and God questions them what are you bothered about by all of this and the angels respond you know the these people down on earth they haven't been very reliable through the ages that we couldn't trust them to do what you asked them to do in the Garden of Eden And, and they've been on again off again for thousands of years now what makes you think that they're going to pay attention to your son and God said it's my son. Of course they'll pay attention. And the angel said, you know, I just go back to the fact that they haven't been very reliable. What are you going to do if they don't work out, if they don't do the work that you plan for them to do? What is your plan B? And God looked at the angels and said, there is no plan B. The humans are my plan A and I trust them to do the work that I'm giving them to do. We are God's plan A. God trusts the family business to us. God trusts us. He believes in us so much that he's willing to leave the building of the kingdom of heaven here on earth to us so that as we build the kingdom of heaven and draw people in here on earth, the kingdom of heaven in the future, the kingdom of heaven in eternity, continues to be built up also. God believes in us, and I say that because he created us. He's the one who gave us gifts and graces. He's the one who gave us talents to use in his service. He knows what we're capable of, and he expects us to use what he has given us for his service. He believes that if we will get up and do, if we will follow through, that we can accomplish the work that he's left us to do. So God believes in us. Another thing we can learn from this is what we do in response to God's gracious trust and to God's belief in our abilities is neither trivial nor incidental. It is about relationships. It is about eternity. You know, the the servants, the one servant who had the five talents, the other servant who had the two talents— They heard words from the master, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your master's joy. I love the Lord God Almighty enough that I want to hear those words myself. When I reach the end of time for me, I want to hear those words from the Lord. It won't be because I have done great and marvelous things. When I hear those words, it won't be because I have been the next Billy Graham or anything along those lines. When I hear those words, it will be because of the relationship that I have developed with God the Father Almighty and the relationships that I have developed with people as a result of my relationship with god and because of my relationship with god my faith in christ and because of what i have shared with others about my faith in christ my eternity is promised and hopefully others will realize the eternal nature of what i'm sharing with them and will want to know god in the way i do So it's about relationships. It's about getting to know God well enough that we're willing to do his work. It's about getting to know others well enough that they see God in us. And another thing that I think we can learn about this is that God isn't afraid of us taking risk and he isn't worried about failure. The third servant was afraid. He was afraid of what his master might say if he came back and he had not done as well as the other servants. He was afraid of what his master might say if he had tried and failed. And so he hid the coin, and that's what made the master angry. Not that he didn't earn any more money. It was more about the fact that the servant had not even tried. He had not used his abilities. He had not used all of the gifts and graces he had been given. He was not responsible enough for what God had given him to even try. And as a result of that lack of trying, he was thrown into the outer darkness. One thing I want you to think about as we consider this warning, this warning that is at the end of this story, a similar warning was at the end of the story we talked about last week. I want you to consider this warning, one of the things that breaks my heart about this is the fact that Jesus, as he was telling this story, knew that the description of the outer darkness that he was using with this servant who was given the one talent, that that was actually where he was headed himself. He was headed into a place of complete abandonment, hanging on the cross, crying out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus knew where he was sending the servant, and he gave us a warning, hoping that we would hear the outcome of this last servant's lack of trying, and we would want to to avoid that. We would want to come in and be willing to try, to be willing to believe that God trusts us, to be willing to develop the relationships so that when the day comes, everyone will hear God say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen.